I'm Ro. And I'm Salem. Let's, Let's dive into the scary verse. Hey, spooky besties. What's up, booze? It's October. I am so excited to um, be doing this podcast during spooky season. That being said, um, if you have a spooky story that you'd like us to tell on the podcast, um, please, please, please email us at thescaryversepodcast at gmail.com because this month we are going to tell scary stories from listeners and from friends and from, you know, the internet. Yes. I'm going to try to remember some of my spooky stories from childhood and gather some spooky stories from friends. I have some who had told me that they had some scary stories they wanted to share, so I'm excited to gather that. Yeah, none of my friends wanted to share their scary stories, and I was kind of mad about it. Yeah, a few people messaged me and was like, hey, I've got a scary story for you, so I've got some stuff in the works. That's so exciting. Yeah, so I'm hoping that maybe we can get some more scary stories from our listeners because they're always so much fun when they're from people who listen to the podcast because they know what kind of scary stories we enjoy and I feel like they're just so much fun to listen to Mm -hmm. and I also am just really excited to read scary stories because it's like one of my favorite things to do I also just like trying to figure out like if I was in that situation what would I do right yeah, no, I uh, loved Are You Afraid of the Dark growing up. And then what was that one that um, I was telling you about in our last show? And I think it was one, either one that we were talking about before. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? No, it was uh, Campfire. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, campfire Tales or something like something that. Like that. So I just, I don't know, I like the whole, the whole, like, sitting around a campfire telling spooky stories, and some of the stories that were told in that campfire movie, some of the stories are similar to, like, the scary stories that you tell in the dark book that we loved so much as kids, so. If you want to donate a pumpkin spice latte to your favorite girlies, you can buy us a coffee. We are now on buymeacoffee.com. And you can find a link in our TikTok bio and our link tree. We're at Scaryverse Podcast. And I will also put the link in the description of this podcast. However, so we use Spotify to post the podcast. And I'm not really sure how it comes up on other platforms when you look when you see I don't know if it gives them the same description as what comes up on Spotify because some stuff is exclusive to Spotify and then some stuff like carries over to like Apple Podcasts and the other ones so if you listen to us on one of the other ones email us and let us know because we'd like to know what exactly you see because there's so many different platforms I didn't even realize until yeah we're on hundreds of platforms and I didn't even really realize that but we're on like the main ones that I feel like people listen to on Mm -hmm. purpose but we're on a bunch of other ones too like you can pretty much listen to us almost anywhere you just have to search the scary verse podcast which I think is really cool I think that's cool too and I'm, I'm so excited that we have I feel like in the short amount of time we've been doing this podcast like this is what episode nine mm-hmm. I feel like we episode 10 I don't know what episode this is <laughs> it's an episode <laughs> it's an episode 
I feel like we have learned so much about podcasting and I feel like we have done so much. I feel like we have done better than either one of us expected us to do. I feel yeah. like we were like, oh shit, we're good at this. <laughs> yeah. Well, the saying is your, your own worst critic. Is that how yeah. it goes? Cause you're I, you're and I think that we most, you and I most definitely are like really hard on ourselves. <laughs> So I feel like we're both very analytical people though. And I feel mm-hmm. like we kind of like turn things over multiple times in our head and we're like, how could we have done that better? And I feel like it does make the podcast better when we're doing future episodes. Um, especially like when we have one that doesn't do so well and we're like, why didn't that do well? Like, um, but I also feel like we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. by doing that. Um, which is kind of silly, but I, I also feel like it just shows that we really do care about this podcast mm-hmm. and we really care about all the people who listen to the podcast, all of our spooky besties. Um, and we have met some amazing people by doing this podcast and that yeah. has been the most fun thing. And I love that. Um, and I love hearing from people. I love it when people are listening to the podcast and they send in their stories or they just email us and they're like, hey, I'm listening to the podcast and we. I just wanted to let you know that I really enjoy you guys. Like, that has been the most fun thing and most rewarding thing about doing this podcast. Yeah, I agree. I've had people compliment my laugh, which um, tickles me because I'm very insecure about my laugh So uh, and annoying people with it. So, like, thank you to to those who are annoyed by my laugh or my voice. I, I feel like um, I, I listening to myself. I uh, Somebody recently made fun of me about that. They were like, you hate listening to yourself, but yet you have a podcast. So No, I hate listening to myself too, but I feel like it's because in my head, I don't sound the way that I actually sound when I listen back to myself. And when I'm actually talking... And I can hear myself while I'm talking. I don't sound the way that I hear myself when I'm listening back to the podcast, when I'm editing it. Yeah. And let me tell you, if you are self-conscious about your voice, don't start a podcast and have to edit it yourself because you'll have to listen to yourself repeatedly and go, why did I say that like that? Why? Oh my God. It's just like the most cringe experience. Why do I breathe so much? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why do I say, um, like 57 times in an episode? <laughs> You'd never know that because she edits that all out. <laughs> I try my best to edit it all out, but I also feel like there's a lot of them that are so close to what I'm saying or so mm-hmm. close to what you're saying that I don't edit them out. Or I, um, I get to the point where I'm like, Over I've it. edited out 500 ums. I'm not editing any more out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so if you start to hear the increase towards the end of the podcast, now you know why. Okay, so for this week's podcast, we um, just found the scary stories that we're going to tell on the internet, and most of mine are going to come from Reddit. And do you know where yours are coming from? I'll probably do Reddit too. Okay. So we're telling true scary stories, and... I am really excited to hear some of these creepy, true stories. And 
I'm wondering if some of them are going to be like supernatural or like like just stuff that happened to people, mm-hmm. or if they're going to be more like true crime vibes. Go follow us at the Scaryverse Podcast at uh, on TikTok. And I think I said in the intro that our email was the Scaryverse Podcast at gmail.com, didn't I? Yeah, <clears throat> it's scaryversepodcast at gmail.com. The email is scaryversepodcast, y'all. <laughs> All right. Please delete your emails and resend them. <laughs> um, okay, so we are the Scaryverse Podcast at TikTok, on TikTok. If you're not following us on TikTok, definitely go give us a follow over there because you never know when we might go live and tell some more stories scary stories on live um, because we really enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. It has been really fun, especially hearing like people's comments in real time when we're doing them. And maybe if we get some feedback from people, we can figure out like what the best times to go live are for the most amount of people that want to watch us do that. Also, okay, so I have to tell you a quick story really fast because I meant to tell this to you earlier. I think you're going to find it hilarious. So you know how our last episode was about cults? Yeah. Okay. So, and you remember how we were talking about how, like, we we always weren't really sure how people um, got sucked into cults because we always felt like we would never get sucked into a cult. Yeah, and now we're running one. Yeah, and now we're running one. Um... <laughs> Jokes. I was driving the other day and I saw this sign that was like, we're telling ghost stories at this place. Come join us on this day at this time. And I was like, oh my God, fellow spooky besties. And then I went home and Googled the place and found out it was a cult. Oh my gosh. I legit almost got sucked into a cult. I was- I was like, yeah, because that doesn't sound, like, unsafe and creepy at all. Oh, my goodness. That is so funny. But also, it, I was like, why is this place? Okay, so it's like, it's a church. And I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't want people to. But I was like, why is this church telling ghost stories? And, like, I was trying to figure out if it was, like, you know, they were telling, like, scary stories to, like, use as examples of, like, why you should enjoy religion or whatever because like look what happens if you don't but then I was like well maybe they're telling ghost stories like the holy ghost stories (laughs) (laughs) ain't no ain't no probably like holy ghost party that goes I I don't know what I'm saying I don't know what you're talking about sorry (laughs) edit that out please (laughs) never yeah so I am not religious at all, but we live in a very religious area, mm-hmm. and I just didn't grow up religious. I don't have anything against religious people or people who want to pursue that. It's just not for me. I, I've tried. It's not for me. And I was just, like, assuming this was just a normal church. Mm-hmm. And then I Googled them, and it was like, oh, culty vibes and blah, blah, blah. And, like, all of, like, the stuff that people were talking about was like, no, this is a cult. And I was like, oh, is this is this my I nearly joined a cult story? <laughs> <laughs> I would never be foiled into joining a cult. So 
that also makes me think of another church here that has a haunted house. Yeah, I've been to that haunted house. And <laughs> they show you, like, real-life scary events that happen. Yeah. And, like, you know, suicide and drug addiction and drunk driver crashing into a bus a bus full of kids and then at the end they like try to get as many people to get saved as they possibly can which honestly was the scariest part of the entire thing for me was the part where they were trying to get you were to they get fucking ambush you at yeah the end? no and like okay so when i was growing up my first ever haunted house that i went to was done by a church but it wasn't like at the church it was mm-hmm. at like I feel like it was like a, a VFW. Have we went to this haunted house together before? Um, I think we have. I have been to that haunted house that you're talking about before, but I don't know if it was with you. It might have been with you. There was at least one time I think that we went. But I went with somebody else who we are, who we used to both be friends with, who we are no longer friends with. And I, I I'm struggling to figure out how much of the story I should tell on the podcast right now. That's what the pause was. Yeah, no, it's okay. You can edit out whatever. So I'm just going to tell the whole story. And then if I decide that I don't want to like add this to the podcast, I'm going to edit it out later. But she wanted to, she had a water bottle with alcohol in it and got really trashed right before we went in. <laughs> We were like 21, but it's okay. We got saved at the end. <laughs> Just kidding. I could have swore there. W- Do you ever remember going with a person that you were in a relationship with? With Robert? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you went with Robert, then I think that was the time that you and I went together too. Because I, I want to say I remember. Wait, did you go? It was was the other person with us at that. I feel like this was all the same time. I feel like it was just. I feel like I just went the one time. So I feel like you were there, and that other person was there, and then also my ex. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could have scored because we were also um, attending that church for a little while. Yeah, so that's the time that I was referring to when I said that I tried religion and it wasn't for me. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so I'm pretty sure. And then also another person was there. Yeah. Do you remember? Um, Yeah, so we definitely had, it was like, I feel like we just, I feel like um, I had a roommate at the time. And (laughs) (laughs) um, she was there and then, our, our mutual friend, and then your roommate at the time, mm-hmm. I believe, and then my ex, who was who I was dating at the time. I think that we all went as a group. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure that's what I happened. I could have swore. I mean, I think I've been there. I think I have been to it a few times throughout the years, but I'm pretty sure I remember being going with you at one point. And I've only been once, so I feel like this had to have been the time. Yeah. And I, like, remember she tried to get me to go another year, and I was like, I really don't want to do that because it was really stupid the one time we went. Yeah, I mean, the haunted house itself was actually pretty good. The, yeah, the, 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 the production level of the haunted house, I actually really appreciated. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the way that they put it together and everything. And it wasn't, like, too scary, which that's something that I – I know that I love horror movies and I love scary stuff, but I have anxiety attacks in haunted houses. And it's not necessarily that they're too scary. It's that, like, they often make me feel very claustrophobic. And then the actors get up in your grill. Yeah. And I can't deal with it. 
I don't like people invading my personal space. I don't either. And like pretty much all haunted houses, they're not allowed to touch you or whatever. Yeah. So that's one thing that I've always told myself that they're not allowed to touch you. But there's a lot of crazy bofos out there and I have seen a lot of horror movies. So it would just be my luck to show up to a fucking haunted house that somebody has posed as a character and is like killing people. Yeah, no, like I feel like I would definitely go to like obviously because I nearly went to this church for scary stories. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So no, but you guys hear me out. Okay, maybe we should check this out. Sort of. (laughs) Let's do some research. Let's go undercover. If we went in knowing it was a cult, though, and, like, legit only went for the scary stories and, like, we're like, no thank you when they asked us to join, I feel mm-hmm. like it would be really funny just to figure like, out what the deal have, is. We don't have to join the first time we go, right? I don't think so. Yeah. I think you can go check it out. I don't You guys, we promise we're not going to check out a cult. <laughs> I, I don't promise that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, some of this you might need to edit out. So, the the sign though, it made me think that they like you know how sometimes churches have like events at the church that aren't necessarily put on by the church, but they're like put on by other people who are using the church's space to put it on. Like some churches rent out their basement or whatever for like, you know, whatever anonymous meetings and stuff like that or like book clubs or like whatever okay so at first I was like maybe this is other people doing scary stories at this church okay at first I was like what the hell are you talking about like I have no idea what you're talking about but yeah I have seen churches be used for like like meetings and and like boy scouts and stuff like that yeah we my brother actually his boy scouts meetings were held at a church yeah so (laughs) so like I at first I was like is this even affiliated with the church but then I realized it was affiliated with the church and they were using it as a way to like recruit us heathens (laughs) but I still kind of want to go what is wrong with me but also, yeah, no, then I did research on the church and I found out that it was, like, a culty type church. Like, using religion in order to recruit cult members. But, <laughs> um, I still kind of want to go, so. Me too. <laughs> I'm, um, like, I'm peak freaking stimulant kicking in now and caffeine. So it's yeah. like, let's join the cult. I want to check it out. Oh, my gosh. Let's do it. Oh my God. I'm googling it. I'm definitely <laughs> um, going to have to edit the podcast uh, um, a lot this week. But no, I really want to go to a bunch of haunted houses this year because I really want to go check out a bunch of haunted houses. But my issue is, is that I need to find haunted houses that are like friendly to my issues mm-hmm. because. I legitimately have panic attacks at haunted houses Mm -hmm. and I haven't been to a haunted house in multiple years now because I've been too scared to go because I hate the fact that they trigger panic attacks. Yeah, the um, Halloween season, spooky season, not last year but the year before that was the first time in years that I've been to a haunted house. We went to one in Kansas and... Um, one of my friends actually called beforehand to like get the deets on it because she didn't want to go to one that had really tight spaces. 
She didn't want to go to one where we were going to have to crawl on the ground. Yeah. Um, I actually, like, I've never been to one that you have to crawl on the ground, but that sounds yeah. horrible. Yeah, we have. Um, we didn't want to have to go to one where we were going to have to, like, climb a bunch of stairs or um, have to worry about being chased or anything. Oh, yeah. And um, they did tell us that it was, like, they told us that we didn't have to worry about, like, tight spaces, falling on the ground, being chased and stuff like that. But then we get there, and it did, like, have warnings up saying that it was, like, um, mid to, like, high um, <clears throat> activity level or something like that. Mm. So then we got a little bit nervous because we were like, oh, shit, like, uh, what are we, like, we didn't know what to expect. But um, there was some areas that were a little bit tight space, but not too bad. Um, but for the most part, and we did have to, like, climb, like, go up the stairs to, like, because um, it was held at, like, a can't remember what building it was, but we did have to go up the stairs once and was on top of the roof. And I remember thinking that it was done because <laughs> you're outside on this roof and it takes you back into the haunted house and you have like more of the haunted house to go through. I've also remembered in the past that I hated, oh, what we were worried about was like the, there would be like, you know those like air things that you have to push through? We didn't want to have to push through anything like that. And I have been through bent ones where you had to like push through those like tight air things or whatever. Mm. So anyways, in the past when I went to haunted houses, I've waited in line for like two hours to go through like a two minute freaking haunted house and felt like I wasted my money. Yeah. This haunted house, I felt like for what we paid was a really good deal because like it was... It wasn't like incredibly scary, but it was like scary enough to where it was like thrilling and my heart rate was up. Yeah. There wasn't like crawling or chasing or anything like that. But a little more than halfway through, I did start to get tired. And I was like, when is this going to be over? Because it was a long freaking haunted house. But it was like they were able to like really pack a punch. Wow. And, and everything. So, like, remember how I told you we had to, like, go upstairs to get to the roof? Yeah. And then go back inside? So, you go from one side to the next, and then you're back in the haunted house for a little while. To get out, you had to go down a slide. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking we were going to have to freaking go downstairs. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We went upstairs. How are we getting out of here? So... There for a little while, I just start to get a little panicky thinking that we were like, you know, not going to get out of this place. Oh my God. <laughs> but towards the end, when I'm like really starting to run out of gas and remind you, this was a couple of years ago. So I was probably at my, my largest then. So it was like a lot more physically demanding than yeah. it probably would be for a normal person. But I'm starting to like run out of gas and I'm like over it. I'm hot, I'm sweaty. I was having a little bit of a hard time catching my breath. I was thirsty. And I was, I remember saying at one point, is this almost over? Like, what the hell? And one of the like scary people in the haunted house who was like, this way, she like comes up to me and goes, you're almost done, girl. You're almost done. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> 
That's amazing. <laughs> Something else that happened at the beginning of the haunted house was this was my um, one of my best friends. You hear me talk about Sarah and Taylor a lot. Yeah. Taylor's son was I think eleven. But yeah, he was like eleven, and I think this was his first haunted house. And oh my gosh. he, yeah, he didn't know what to expect. And the moment we walk through, and it starts, and it's like scary, and the scary like music and the lights are like you know like flashing at you and everything yeah. they also had like those what are the people have seizures because of lights oh flashing. epilepsy yeah epilepsy and then of course they like they wasted no time there was two scary people coming out and like you know getting all in our face and everything and my husband's laughing at it and everything it was so funny going through that and like hearing him like laugh sadistically at these people <laughs> he was enjoying it he loved it so much no but like that's how you don't get them to bother you mm-hmm. because apparently they only go after people who act like they're really like legitimately scared mm-hmm. and if you like laugh at them or act like you're like ah this yeah. is cool they're like oh fuck you yeah he was like <laughs> laughing at everything and that was something that helped like ground me a lot throughout the process mm-hmm. because like even being in my mid-30s i'm and being somebody who likes horror I am still a scaredy cat. So hearing him laughing and having a good time helped ground me a little bit. So we walked through and Zeevan instantly, her her 11-year-old son instantly gets scared. And he's repeating himself over and over and over saying, I don't feel real. I don't feel real. I don't feel real. I don't feel real. And I'm like, you're real, buddy. It's okay. (laughs) And then Taylor starts to like get really worried about it so she's like if you want to leave right now we can leave right now those two guys jumped out of character long enough to help him feel comfortable so that he would continue to go through this, the haunted house he was like they were like it's just pretend buddy you're gonna be okay and um then like going from being like the scary guys to like being like dude it's fine it's it's not that bad it's I'll pretend like you got your mom here with you and everything. We were, it, it, it made him feel so much better. And they were like giving him high fives. And I was like, see, they're just playing characters. Aww. And that made me feel better. Cause I was like worried that he was going to miss out on like this fun experience. And Taylor, you know, was going to miss out. Like, I just, I didn't want them to not, be included you know like yeah. I don't feel like I would have enjoyed it if they left and I also felt really bad that in that moment he was that scared but it's like it was his first time going he really didn't know what to expect so after I just I really thought it was so sweet of them to jump out of their character for a moment to tell him that it was all pretend and it was going to be okay and like called him buddy and gave him high fives and everything so like if you are somebody who work in a haunted house, please take the moment to do that for a kid because, like, that could really... Also, if you're somebody who works in a haunted house, please email us your haunted house stories because I really want to hear them. Yeah, I love... Have you seen that haunted house documentary? There's this, Which one? There's this haunted house documentary, and there's this one dude who ran his own haunted house, and he was, like, really extreme about it, and... He would, like, basically have people sign waivers. Oh, are you talking about McKinney Manor? I think so. that place is fucked up. Yes. And I absolutely 
would not call it a haunted house. No, he, like, basically gets people to, like, legally sign a waiver so he can torture them. And he also kidnaps them and blindfolds them so nobody actually knows where the actual location of the haunted house is. Mm -hmm. And because they keep getting in legal trouble, it's moved around states multiple times. Like, he's moved it to a different location, and I think that location got shut down because, like... It really isn't safe. No, it's not. And it's not really a haunted house. It's like they tell you that they're going to choke you and waterboard you and that you may be drowned and that you may be... You can't take any legal action about anything that happens while you're there. And And they beat you and they like legitimately hurt people. People will beg and beg and beg Mm -hmm. for them to let them go and they won't. Like, I don't know why anybody, especially after watching any of the footage, would do that to themselves. No. I absolutely don't either. And if you would do that to yourself, you probably need to seek a therapist or a psychiatrist or both. Um, and the guy who runs that should be in prison. Yeah. They're, that's legitimately how I feel about There it. is really something wrong with him. I really <laughs> feel like he's found a legal way to be a sociopath and to torture people. Mm-hmm. Like, I really feel like if he wasn't running this place, he would be kidnapping people and murdering them. Like, but he's making money. Like, kidnapping people and torturing them. Yeah, how do we know that he hasn't? Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, I don't trust anything about it. It's awful. It's the worst fucking, don't do it, guys. So this documentary that I'm talking about, I can't remember if it was based on his alone or if it was just talking about all of these different types of, like, haunted houses. Because I remember, like, stories of people who did throw their own, like, really cool haunted houses and, like, went all out every year. Or, like, people who worked in haunted houses for years like this one woman had been working in haunted houses for years and she talked about like how she had gotten her nose broken because she got punched in the face she's gotten like broken ribs and everything but she continued to do it (laughs) i feel like i definitely watched the documentary about mckamey manor but i don't know if i watched the documentary you're talking about i don't or if it was like a specific one about mckamey manor um Let's look it up after. Let's look it up after um, we're done with the podcast and watch it because I feel like I could definitely watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, let's definitely watch it. Um, What was I gonna say though? Oh yeah, I was gonna tell you that I know I have like really bad panic attacks in haunted houses, and the last time that I went to a haunted house was um, probably the one at the church that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. But the last time I went to a real haunted house was when I was in college. Um, I went to college in Pennsylvania very briefly and I had a friend who lived there and she took me to a haunted house that's no longer, I'm pretty sure it shut down, but it had something to do with Tom Savini. I I feel like he like designed it or owned it or something. He's from Pennsylvania. So I don't know. He had something to do with it, but I can't remember the details. And it was the haunted house that made me never want to go into a haunted house ever again because it's the one that I had like such a bad panic attack in that I was like, I'm never doing this again. And um, it had like, there was like a carnival outside of the haunted house that you could do carnival stuff at. And I really should have just stayed at the carnival area and let my friends go through the haunted house. But no, I was like, I'm gonna be a big girl and I'm gonna go through the haunted house. And so you're like standing in line for ages and the line is like winding around these like wooden 
things with a like like a pavilion type situation over it and there's scare actors like bothering you in line before you even get in and I was cool with that it's like okay whatever you know um and then we get in there and here's where I should have known that I was gonna have a problem with it but I kept going they said (laughs) here hold this rope so you don't get lost (laughs) Yeah, so everybody in your party holds onto a rope so you don't get separated. Yeah, should have known that was going to be a problem. At oh that my point. gosh, I feel like that's like a scare tactic for the haunted house. Like, well, no, so it's like pitch black in there, so you really can't see anything. And then there's points where it's like flashing the strobe lights, like you were talking about at the one that you went to. Mm-hmm. There were really, really narrow hallways where you like couldn't see anything and you couldn't see in front of you, and like you're just like moving along because you're holding onto the rope. So you know the people in front of you were moving. It was awful. It was like I can't remember any of the actual like scares or anything. I just remember having a complete panic attack because I couldn't see. And I was like, it was so bad. It was so bad. But um I feel like after that, it might have been several years before that, I went to another haunt attraction with a friend of mine. And it was a, um, it was like a place, it was one of those places where you like pay to get in and then they have like multiple haunted houses and then they've got like a haunted hayride and a haunted trail and haunted stuff. And at that point in time, I was like, I'm not doing any haunted houses where we have to go inside somewhere, but I'll do the haunted hayride. I'll do the haunted trail and I'll do the like other stuff. I miss haunted the place. um, Hayrides. That is so fun. Um, yeah. So there's a place near here that has haunted hayrides and I really want to go. So we need to make that happen this month. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but we're going to make it happen. Yeah. I need to make it, figure it out because, like, um, like, I can't really afford it. Yeah, but I can't really afford it. And I really want to go. I work, you know, on all of the fun nights. Um, yeah, there was uh, my the church that I grew up going to. Um, we had a haunted hayride every year, and that was one of my favorite things. So um, a lot of the uh, the like older people that went to my church lived out in the country. So they would take us on haunted hayrides, and it was just, I don't know. It was like one of the best <clears throat> childhood memories that I have going on haunted hayrides every year. It was so fun. I was also a kid that they had to talk into going through a haunted house once when I was little because I got scared and cried and um, a bunch of the like older kids came out to tell me that it wasn't that scary and talked me into going back inside and when I went back inside it was like it was scary enough for like a little kid but it wasn't like as scary as I thought it was. And it was, like, really fun. They had, like, the things where you, like, stick your hand in to, like, fill brains and everything. Oh, or yeah, peeled grapes. Or peeled grapes and fill <laughs> eyeballs. Um, there's an, a Halloween episode of uh, Bob's Burgers where they do something like that. And it makes me think of that That's time so I went, when I was a kid. And it's funny because, like, you also had to dress up in your Halloween costume. So I went that year as a – I think I was either – a dead bride or I think that was the year I went as a dead bride and my brother went as a fat man That's <laughs> and, so funny. They, and they had stuffed his clothes 
you know, to make him, like, this big old round fat man and had, like, I think they put mascara on his face to, like, give him a beard. He was so freaking cute. That's so funny. I, I hope when I have a son and when I ever have children, I hope my son looks just like my brother. I'm sure he will. Because that happens a lot. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we should tell our scary stories now that we've been talking about haunted houses oh, yeah. for 40 minutes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that was fun. I feel like I feel like that's one of the biggest things about October that I love is, like, haunted houses and haunted hayrides and stuff. Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you the story about the haunted hayride. So this was why I swore off going to any more haunted attractions, though, because I went on this haunted hayride thinking it was going to be better than going on a haunted house. And my friend and I sat in the middle because she's, like, very easily scared, like, very easily scared. And I feel like that's what freaked me out even more is because she was having such an over-the-top reaction mm-hmm. to the scary shit, like, where she was, like, grabbing me and <laughs> screaming in my face. And I was, like, chill, child. <laughs> but there was somebody who, like, chased us with a chainsaw. And I really, I can't, I can't do the chainsaws. I don't, I don't know what it is. I can't do it. I know they take the chain off of them for hunts. Can't yeah. do it. I don't like the chainsaw ones. But it was okay. So then you get to this area where there's these vampires, right? And the vampire jumps on the haunted um, hayride. And he's like in the fucking wagon with us. And I was like, great. I went on this fucking hayride so that they wouldn't be up in my face. And here he is in the fucking hayride with us. He gets all up in my face and he's like hissing in my face and the hayride like jolted and he like fell forward and licked my neck. (laughs) I legitimately was so angry that I like went and like talked to management and stuff. And I was like, he touched me. He licked me. When we went through the haunted house at the church, um, there is that one time they like have us get in this like cage like thing and they had like microwaves in there to like make it hot i can't remember how they had it you know what i'm talking about no anyways they had like all these people and they were like reaching in but i remember hearing people being like you can't touch me you can't touch me and they would like act like they were going to touch you or like come at you and i don't know if you remember this but there would be some who would get up right behind you and go and like blow on you Mm. Mm -hmm. and i thought that was gross i was like do not blow in my ear because they'd be right behind you they'd be like Oh, no. If somebody fucking licked me, ew! Yeah, no, I lost my shit. And then there was another time that I went to Universal Studios with my dad. Mm. Um, And I think it was, I went to the one in California because I was looking at schools in California. I'm so jealous. I really wanted to go to the University of Southern California. I didn't go because of financial reasons. And we but we went out there to look at the schools and we went to uh, universal studios while we were out there because why not and (laughs) they had at the time the mummy was a big movie that was out and i loved that movie and they had a mummy attraction which i didn't really realize at the time was a haunted house (laughs) i don't know how i didn't realize it was a haunted house but here we are i was like 16 and i was freaking out because um and you went through with your dad yeah i went through it with my dad <laughs> i had an absolute fit um i lost my shit um because the people they follow you yes yeah, some of them they really will follow they you follow yeah they legit followed us and it was like these people that were like painted in gold yeah. uh, it was bad i didn't like it i was not a fan anyway the mummy was <laughs> in fraser's head though how was your dad 
My dad was just like, like he didn't give a shit. Like, you know, you guys, I can, I'm, it's so funny because like her dad is like this cute British man with an accent and like, I can just picture him. (laughs) It was just like, if you don't let, if you don't let them get to you, they won't bother you. And I was like, but how? Easy for you to say. I can just see him like cold as a cucumber going through there. He also doesn't have anxiety and I do. So yeah. like, there's that. <laughs> He's also a really good dancer. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for me. I, on the other hand, have two left feet and I'm clumsy as fuck. <laughs> and I hate dancing. And I hate being put and in the spotlight. Dancing. Um, yeah, okay, so... Scary story time. Sorry, guys. Except for now we have to pause because my dog is barking. Okay, so now that we've ranted and raved about haunted houses forever, I almost feel like I should find true scary stories about haunted houses, but that's not what I've looked up. So, um, sorry. Uh, (laughs) So, my first story, I just got it from an article that compiled a bunch of scary stories because... I was trying to look through Reddit really quick and find some stories from Reddit, but it was overwhelming. So I feel like when we have more time to put our stories together, because we just came up with this idea today on the fly, (laughs) that I will have better ones from Reddit. So a few years ago, my boss went on holiday for a couple weeks to Spain. Midway through the holiday, he got a phone call from the police informing him that his sister had passed away in a fire in her flat. So he rushes back home early, deals with the police and the passing and everything. My employers told him to take some time off to grieve, which he did. When he came back to work on a Monday morning a few weeks later, we invited him into our coffee room to talk and offer him our sympathies and support. About half an hour later, he excuses himself to start work. He walks into his office, sits down at his desk, turns on his computer, and checks to see if there are any answer phone messages and the very first message that he plays is his sister screaming down the phone help me help me i'm trapped i can't breathe still sends chills down my spine to think about it as you imagine he was pretty traumatized oh my gosh that is terrible i didn't even read this before i started reading it for this and now i'm like i shouldn't have picked this fucking story (laughs) No, that was a good one. And that was a true story? Yeah. Like, what wow. would you do? Like, if somebody was like, oh my god. But why would she call his work phone? Yeah. Like, why would she call his office phone? Like, obviously, if she was his sister, she would know he was on vacation. It did say it was his work phone? Yeah. He said he walks into his office, sits down at his desk, turns on his computer, checks to see if there are any answer phone messages, which is, like, a British way of saying... He checks his voicemail at work. And the very first message that plays is his sister screaming down oh, the phone, help me, help me, I'm What if his, like, cell phone is connected to his work phone or whatever? Or but wouldn't he have gotten a message before he returned to work if his cell phone was connected to his work phone? Maybe not if he was, like, mourning. I don't know. It just feels weird. Because, like, you can also listen to your voicemail messages from different phones too yeah that's true that's true we don't have enough information about it but like <laughs> i mean no, that's terrible like, why would she call i her? would hate that mm-hmm. that's awful he's like what could he have done exactly it's awful it is 
Awful. Well, thanks for killing the five. Just kidding. <laughs> You're welcome. Do you have a better one? Because I feel like we need a better one. Let's that. see here. Would you work as an actor at a supposedly haunted prison? This writer and comedian did just that. In 2012, comedian and writer Shannon Brown worked as a monster at the Terror Behind the Walls haunted house inside the long-closed Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. As she spent her time dropping dozens of bodies, Brown reflected on what it was like working at a former prison where reports of paranormal activity date back to the 1940s. That's all it says. Oh, okay. Well, well, that wasn't... That's interesting. That's rude. I would totally stay in a haunted prison. Was it a prison? So, yeah. Okay, I was like, wait, did I just make that up? <laughs> I don't know. That's Now I want to look into that a little bit more. Maybe we can come back to the story on our next episode with more information, because that definitely does sound yeah, creepy AF. Have you ever stayed in a haunted hotel or anywhere? No, but I really want to. So for Christmas a few years ago, my husband and I went on a trip with his family and we were staying in this hotel and we met this other couple who were also staying there. And when they, when we met them, they said that they go around to different hotels that are rumored to be haunted and stay in them like looking for ghosts and stuff and we thought that was so cool and we were like how can we be you but they <laughs> said that they were there because the hotel was haunted and we didn't know that our, the hotel we were staying at was supposed to be haunted but that just made us so excited and so then we had to look up the story and everything and i can't remember the story but it was something about a woman who had died because she like fell off of a balcony or jumped out of a window it was unclear whether it was intentional or not. Wow. Yeah. So she was the one who was haunting it. She was in a green dress or something like that. But I thought that was really cool. And I, I have always, we didn't see anything or hear anything. We didn't feel haunted vibes there. But I've always wanted to, like, go around places and, like, stay at haunted places. So I feel like that would be fun. Yeah, I, d I think that sounds cool, too. And I've also wanted to stay at the hotel, and this might, now I'm wondering if that sounds too morbid to say, but I wanted to stay at the hotel that Sid Vicious and his girlfriend, like, murdered each other in. <laughs> oh, I don't know this story. <laughs> I can't think of what her name is off the top of my head. Hold Sid and Nancy? Sid and Nancy. Yeah, I don't know the story, but isn't it what um, that movie is based on? Mm -hmm. Is that the Natural Born Killers? Oh, no, I thought you were talking about Sid and Nancy. Natural Born Killers. Is that the name of the movie that I'm thinking of? Probably isn't. Let me Google it. Natural Born Killers has Juliette Lewis. Yeah, that's and, the one. And um, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I'm, think I'm talking about the actual Sid and Nancy movie that came out in 1986. And that was a, that's a pretty good movie. And it's like, you know, the story about, yeah. you know, the sex pistols and everything. I watched that movie with an ex-boyfriend many moons ago. And 
I don't think it's like I, th- I think they th- thought that Sid did it and maybe they didn't kill each other but Nancy ended up dead I don't know I googled it the 21 year old Brit woke up from a s- drug induced slumber on the morning of October 12th 1978 to find Nancy dead in the bathroom Sid was charged with murder but died at a friend's Greenwich Village apartment a few months later while out on bail having shot heroin and taken four payloads okay I can remember because it's been a long time since I watched it so I was like, wait a second, maybe they didn't kill each other, and he was, he went to prison for the murder, and the way that they, they you know, portray the story is that it was an accident, and they really don't know. According to everything that I'm seeing on Google, they were both, like, super addicted to heroin, and, like, that was the problem, is because they don't really know what happened, because they were both on heroin mm-hmm. but it's saying that like they were considered punks Romeo and Juliet which is I don't know, I don't know kind of glorifying it if you ask me mm-hmm. but it kind of reminds me of Kurt Cobain and uh, Courtney Love <laughs> it's funny you say that because Courtney Love is in this movie <laughs> that's hilarious because I I really feel like Courtney Love had something to do with Kurt Cobain's death but I'm a conspiracy theorist so it was a uh... She was Nancy's friend, and the woman who plays Nancy is Chloe Webb, and her friend Gretchen is who Courtney Love plays. But Chloe Webb, have you ever have you watched Shameless? I can't remember. Yeah. So do you know who Chloe Webb is? No. She is Monica. She plays. Oh. And okay. I couldn't remember if I'd ever seen her. Like she looked so familiar to me, I couldn't remember if I'd ever seen her in anything. So when I finally looked her up, the U.S. version, guys, by the way, not the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. version of Shameless. When I look her up, the only things that she's really, I mean, she's been in a handful of things, not a whole lot, but Sid and Nancy pulled up, and I was like, oh, shit, that's like one of the first movies I think I ever watched her in, like, man, it had to have been, because I've been with my husband for like almost nine years now. So it had to have been like 10 plus years ago that I watched this movie with an ex-boyfriend. Anyways, funny. that would be an interesting thing to bring up. Probably, like I said, pretty morbid. But they used to have it set to where people could stay in that hotel, but I don't think that hotel's open anymore. Okay, so you want to hear something really morbid though? Like really morbid, and I feel like we need to do an episode on it even. I've always wanted to go to the Cecil Hotel, and I don't feel like I have the guts to actually stay there because it's in a really bad area of Los Angeles. Is Cecil Hotel supposed to be what the season of Hotel is about on American Horror Story? Probably. Based off of? But, so there was a serial killer who lived there for a while. It was, so I think there was more than one serial killer who lived there. Yep. There were two serial killers who stayed at the Cecil Hotel. One of them was Jack Unterweger. He was a writer who turned into a serial killer. And he, like... Was he the one with his mustache? I don't know what he looks like. Oh. But he he came from another country where he had been wanted for serial killing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he came over um, under the guise that he was a journalist and he wanted to, like... Um, shadow the police and he wanted to write an article about the police and how they're dealing with crime and stuff in 
Los Angeles in the really bad area of Los Angeles. So he stayed at the Cecil Hotel because it's in the really bad area of Los Angeles. And really what he was doing was using that opportunity to figure out how the police investigate crimes so that he could get away with serial killing. Wow. And then also Richard Ramirez also stayed there and he was a night soccer. So yeah, it and also down the road from where the Cecil Hotel is is where the Black Dahlia was found. Which is also really creepy. Yes. And then also, have you heard of Elisa Lamb? I don't know. Who is she? So she was this Asian student who was from Canada. She was from Toronto. And she went to L.A. to stay on vacation. It was the first time she'd ever been away from her family or from home. And she was she was bipolar and she was on medication for that. But people believe that one of the reasons why what happened to her happened was because she went off of her medication and she so there's really creepy footage of her in the hotel elevator like talking to somebody but because so many of the security cameras at the Cecil hotel were broken you can't see another angle so you can't see if she was actually talking to somebody or if she was talking to herself she keeps going in and out of the elevator and it looks like she's talking to somebody um and then they found her dad so they found her dad in the water um, when did this happen? Because I feel like I've heard this. Heard uh, about this. Was it, it like had to have been like ten years ago? Okay, but it wasn't like a long like when we were kids or anything. No. So I think maybe I have heard about that. So she was in the water tank, and they didn't know for several days. People were complaining about the water tasting awful, and like running rusty, but it was actually like blood. It had like her decomposing no. body was in there. Yeah. Gross, but also sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they don't really know. So they, they thought that she like just got in there because on her own. But then they there was like some controversy as to whether or not the tank's lid was open or shut. So they don't really know if somebody killed her and put her in there or if she got in there on her own and then couldn't get out and died. And there's just, like, a lot of, like, really creepy coincidences with it as well. Because around the same time, they started testing the people who, like, the homeless people in the area who lived on Skid Row for, I think it's tuberculosis. And the test that they were using was called, like, the, the, um, the uh, acronym for it was Elisa Lamb. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I would not want to stay and at I might have Cecil, some Cecil, Cecil, Cecil Hotel. I might have some of these details. Not after watching American Horror Story. Completely wrong. Because I didn't really look this up while I was telling the story. I was just telling it from memory. But it was really creepy. And yeah. Her body was discovered by a hotel maintenance worker investigating complaints of flooding and low water pressure. Mm. Yeah. And it's her official cause of death is accidental drowning. But... People are pretty sure that she was murdered. Because it's just really weird. Yeah. Like, it's just really, the whole thing is really weird. The video went viral, and it was in October, no, February, um, February 2013. Yeah, I feel like I saw it, was it on the news? Because I feel like I've heard about this. Like, the the security camera footage of her was all over the news. It went went viral because she was behaving so erratically and weird. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, when she was last seen alive. I want to say that they showed, like, footage of her going on and off of the elevator. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and they did an autopsy, and it was inconclusive on the manner of death. So, was this like an unsolved mystery as well? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So they. That is a creepy ass show in yeah. and of itself. There was one um, that I was watching a few months back about this woman who just disappeared and there's like security footage of her at different like stores and everything but they're like they were not able to like figure out who took her or if she was taken or if she like left she was like shopping and then she was just gone like unsolved mysteries really freak me out yeah they really freak me out too but yeah, no, I've watched like a lot of documentaries about this and there's so many details about it. And it's just, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, there's like so many people say that the Cecil Hotel is cursed because so many people have died there. And so many people have been killed there. Exactly. And so and like I like, and there's so many creepy, weird stories about it. Like that's just the tip of the iceberg. Those are just the most famous things that happen there. So it's just one of those like really like creepy things that I, I don't necessarily want to stay there, but I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. It's when it, after watching American horror story and especially, you know, watching that season hotel and like murder house and everything. And then there's like, I can't remember if they're, if they do a kind of the same thing in American Horror Stories, you know, that, that other TV yeah. show where they, um, you know, tell a different um, horror story every episode or whatever. I want to say there is a episode where you can, like, go to the murder house and stay in the murder house and then, like, stuff happens to people when they're at that murder house, you know? So it's like, if, if a place is famous for people coming up missing or dying or whatever, I don't want to stay there. Like, yeah, it, after, you know, watching the shit that I've watched, I would not. No, I legitimately, I'm like, I don't think I even want to stay at this place because like, okay, so they transform some of it into apartments for like homeless people and then some of it is still a hotel but it's more of like a hostel situation so there's people who still live there yeah no this place is still open and there's a guy on tiktok he's lives across the street <laughs> and he's like constantly like filming like content about like oh there's police at the cecil hotel again there's the fire oh department at the cecil hotel again like um his name's uh pete Montego, I think is his name. Um, look it up. Hang on. I wouldn't want to live anywhere on Skid Row. It's so haunted. I gotta gotta look it up because I gotta tell you guys his name. Yeah, Pete Montzingo. Oh my god, I can't say his name. I'm scared to go to bed tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, next story. In 2007, ABC News reported on a series of ominously precise grave threats made to different families via cell phones. The families claimed that the calls which threatened to slay their children, pets, and grandparents came in any time at night. You're like, what was that? 
Oh my god. So one of my dogs made a noise, but it sounded like that she was not in our like she's locked in my bedroom with my husband right now while we're recording because she makes too much noise to be out there with us. And it sounded like it came from behind Salem, which is like in the opposite direction of the bedroom. She really and looked like, up at me and was like <laughs> she was like, she mouthed, what the fuck was that? Like she was so terrified. I was like, it was one of the dogs. That's so funny. <laughs> and now she's barking in the background, so if you hear her, <laughs> Okay, so the families claim that the calls which threatened to slay their children, pets, and grandparents came in any time at night. According to one family, the callers seemed to know when the kids left for school and when they were home alone. Families also received voicemails with recordings of their private conversations. According to the victims, the caller was aware of their activity and what they were wearing. The family of Courtney... I can't say her last name. The part, the family of this 16-year-old girl said that her cell phone started sending text messages to her friends by itself in February, which is when the family's problems began. The family also reported a caller having a scratchy voice and threatening to slice their throats, which continued for months. Another victim reported receiving a call from an unknown caller saying they preferred lemons when the woman was slicing limes in her kitchen. The police couldn't find the perpetrators. So they were, like, obviously stalking these people. But also, like, okay, here's... Did they have froggers? I don't know. They could have been a frogging situation. But here's my thing. I never answer my phone. So, like, good freaking luck. I saw something on, on some social media platform that I'm on. It was, like... I would survive a screen movie because I never answer my phone. <laughs> yeah. I think I I think I tagged you in that. Did you? Or okay. Maybe I sent it to you on Messenger because I thought it was so funny because we had just been talking about something similar to that. But I would like to say that I never answer my phone, but, like, sometimes I do just because, like, I'll get a call from a number and I'll be like, oh, I'm supposed to be, like, I'm expecting a call and I don't know what it's coming from. So sometimes every so often I'll answer and then, you know, it'll end up being a spam call. But there used to be spam calls that I would get like a few years ago that would like creep me the fuck out. Like they'd be like, hello, can you hear me? And I'd be like, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, they're like recording you to get you to say yes. Yeah. Because they can use your voice for some sort of spammy purposes. Yes. And I've, that's something that's went around on Facebook too, to not say yes to people. So yeah. if I do happen to answer my phone and they, you know, ask me, like, can I speak with, you know, Salem or whatever, I'll be like speaking. And then they, sometimes they, they will be like, so am I, I, I'm sorry, I am talking to, and then say my name again. And I'll be like speaking. Like, yeah, I'm no. not going to say yes. I I just don't answer any phone calls from any numbers that I don't know. Sometimes I've thought about answering my phone saying Salem, Salem's phone or something like that. Oh, yeah. So, like, when I answer work calls, I know that they're coming from work because of the way that they come up on my phone. Uh-huh. So, when I answer work calls, I will say, this is Rowena. So, I should probably start doing that when I answer my phone in general. Yeah, and I, because I've heard some people answer their phones like that, like certain people that like own businesses, when they answer their cell phone, they'll be like, you know, uh, 
this is John, what's up, so-and-so, or whatever. So I thought about answering my phone like that, too, because, like, there, I do answer my phone sometimes. And just, like, I don't know, to be, like, professional and safe, is it a good idea to answer saying my name? I feel like you could unless there's any situation in which you wouldn't want somebody to know who you are. But I don't, I can't, like, think of a safety reason why you wouldn't want somebody to know who you are. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, forever ago, it, it went around that you shouldn't say your name on your voicemail. Oh. And I can't think of a legitimate reason why. Yeah, I can't. I, you need more coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I was shaking my coffee cup at her, and I was like, I need more coffee. She's um, a caffeine fiend, you guys. Mm-hmm. Donate to us so I can buy her more coffee. I have been. She goes through my K-cups like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been a, I have been a coffee freak lately. There for a while, I was only having like one six-ounce cup in the morning. But I have been having like two or three cups of coffee throughout the day. I only had, I made me an eight ounce cup at home today, but I didn't finish it. So I'm justifying having two cups of coffee over here. You can have as many cups I'm of coffee saying, as you I'm saying two because I've had one and I want another. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, sorry. Um, yeah, you can have as many cups of coffee as you like, but these people need to start buying her coffee yeah can you help me with my um coffee addiction you guys (laughs) i'm just kidding but if you really do want to help us um we have a buy me a coffee link so yeah look for it you can buy me a coffee you can buy row coffee help help uh row financially I'll be financially support Salem in this time of need her caffeine addiction. Yeah. You guys, she comes over to my house to record the podcast and she eats all my food. She drinks my coffee. She uses all my coffee creamer. Come on. I need help. I was just saying earlier, before we started the episode, I made a cup of coffee and I was like, oh, I knew I should have eaten before I left because every time I come over, I'm eating and it's... If my other best friends listen to this, they're going to laugh because they are going to be like, yep, because sometimes the first thing I do is go get a snack, like go raid their snack cupboard Mm -hmm. or their refrigerator Mm -hmm. for something to eat when I go over to their house. So, yeah. I also cook her dinner every time she comes over here, Mm -hmm. but that's because we're podcasting and we're creating content the whole time. And sometimes that's the only time I have a... (laughs) well-balanced cooked hot meal when oh my god now you're making me feel bad when mommy Rowe makes dinner for me I just have not been interested in cooking in so long and it's just it seems so daunting and I don't know like I, I can't explain it I just it's, it's exhausting I've been so just snacky and my husband too like the both of us just kind of pick all day long And then um, sometimes we'll throw something in the air fryer, but it's just something easy like chicken strips or chicken nuggets. I'm addicted to real good food, chicken strips and chicken nuggets right now because last time I was here, that's what Ro fed me for lunch. So the... I don't cook very much these days. So yeah, when I'm over here, (laughs) she, she cooks dinner and... 
it's delicious. Like she'll make, uh, you know, spaghetti squash and meat sauce or a delicious pot roast or chili or tonight we're having lentil soup. So it's like, yeah, I, uh, that's what happens when you're uh, best friends with me. You feed my caffeine addiction and dinner. <laughs> Apparently I just adopt children everywhere I go. So no, I'm just kidding. I, I like cooking when you're here because I feel like I have somebody who like appreciates my efforts. <laughs> like that sounds so sad. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it because she's going to be so happy. <laughs> Caleb loves food. Uh, it's yeah, I haven't, there hasn't been anything that she's made that I haven't really enjoyed. Oh my gosh, she makes this like, what is it, the chickpea or the sweet potato sweet thing? Sweet potato chickpea curry. Yeah. Oh, delicious. <laughs> I have some of that in the fridge. We could have that for dinner instead. <gasps> oh my gosh. And you have the basmati rice? Yeah, I can make oh some. Gosh. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. That's like one of her staples, too. She makes it's You make it like once a month, don't you? I, I At least once a month. because it, So it's really easy to make, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the ingredients are really cheap. Third of all, it's low carb and it's anti-inflammatory, which I feel like, you know, makes me happy. But like also because I'm diabetic and I've been on Ozempic and stuff. It's like one of the few things that I can eat that I actually enjoy, and also it tastes like fall, and it just like it makes really me does. fucking happy. It is just it's <laughs> delicious. Yeah, so maybe we should have that for dinner. <laughs> maybe we should end the podcast and eat. Yeah. Bye, guys. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>